I'm Nevada Basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you're listening to Pack Center. What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett Hirschberg, here with my co-host Kevin and Austin. We hope you guys are having a very uh, fantastic holiday season. We wish you guys a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year. This is this will be our last show uh, for the year um, as school is ending, and that means students are going back. Uh, we our next show won't be until the end of December, give or take, uh, give or take a week or so. This week's show we have a, a basketball heavy show again. Uh, we have some Nevada news, uh, and we have uh, some football news, uh, some recent football news that developed uh, over the weekend. But uh, let's jump into some basketball talk. Uh, this week's game, Nevada did beat South Dakota State by a score of 72-68. to 68. This game was closer than uh, we thought. There are some interesting things to come uh, from the press conference, but we'll get to that later. But what were you guys' initial thoughts to uh, this game? It was very interesting uh this game watching it. It was it was seemed like South Dakota State let our shooters have every shot, every single shot they wanted and um honestly no one on our team could uh knock down a shot to save our life. So um the fact that we walk away with a win, I think is um excellent in our case. I think it's another case of uh, us hanging our hat on defense. But um if we don't fix this uh scoring bug soon, it's going to be a long season for the Wolfpack. Yeah, uh, I'm getting a little scared, honestly. Uh, this is a game that we should have, you know, easily taken care of. It should have been this close. Um, not No disrespect to, you know, South Dakota State. They're a decent team. It's just it's one of those teams we should have easily taken care of and it should have been at least a double-digit win. Um, to me, it's getting a little scary because we're getting to that point of the season where the undefeated teams, the number is shrinking and shrinking, and we're still there. We're still going on. I'm just worried we're going to have what we happened last year where we just lose to a no-name team and a team that we should easily take care of. So it's kind of it's worrying me a little bit when we go into conference play that maybe we're going to let off our foot off the gas a little bit and not try to just, you know, dominate, just barely squeak out the win. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to actually happen. I just know watching this game, it was very scary. Um, it's definitely not the scoring like we saw in the beginning of the season where we're putting up, you know, 90, 100 points a game and, you know, averaging at least 90 points a game. We're barely making it over, you know, the 70s and the 80s right now in these past couple of games. So um, we'll have to see. Maybe it's just we're getting to that point of the season where it's the midpoint of the season where we're, you know, maybe we need to regroup a little bit. But Thankfully, we did get the win. That's at the end of the day. That's one thing we can look back on and look that we're eleven and zero right now and number six in the nation. Look, uh, looking into this game, uh, South Dakota State's a very good team. They will make the tournament. They're the best team in the summit. But you got to think about this: their last game before Nevada, uh, South Dakota State put up ninety points in the first half against Savannah State. Now, granted, Nevada and Savannah State not on the same level, but this is a Nevada. This is a Nevada team that did a very good job on defense. They controlled. Uh, they controlled uh, South Dakota State's best players, Mike Dom, uh, who was an uh, all preseason All American honorable mention, only had five points on one of ten shooting. Uh, David Jenkins, uh, their second best scorer on the team, had five points. Between Jenkins and Dom, they came they came into the game averaging fifty points uh, per uh, combined, and so for Nevada to limit those two guys to such to such horrible shooting, three of nineteen from the field between both of them, and only one of nine from deep, Nevada did a very good job. Eric Musselman said in the post game press conference that they spent ninety eight percent of this week preparing on defense. Now it, for him. To, 
He also said that if he would go back, he'd spend a little bit more time on offense. But the offense, one reason why I think it struggled was no Jazz Johnson. Jazz Johnson missed uh, missed this game due to a concussion he suffered against Grand Canyon. Now his status for for Saturday's game against Akron is still questionable. We don't know. Maybe maybe by the time this episode comes out, uh, the status will be of change. But it's more than likely looking like he's going to play because it, the injuries suffered um, when when we played Grand Canyon. It, he missed uh, his offense performance was missed horribly. Nevada shot ten of thirty nine from three. Uh, those thirty nine three point attendance attempts are a school record. Uh, you'd like to see Nevada convert on more of them. Uh, Jordan Carolyn was our best uh, three point shooter this game based on percentage. He made three of six. Caleb Martin went 4 of 14. Yikes. But overall, I do think the offense needs to get better. But I think looking at what you have in South Dakota State, I think it was smart of us to prepare a lot on defense. Yeah, definitely. We got it done on the defensive end. Um, it just, it's not only this game. We've kind of struggled offensively. We've had the past couple of games. We're just not to the point where we were in the beginning of the season. Keep in mind, beginning of the season, we were playing, you know, no-name teams. I mean, besides BYU, we were playing, you know, basic teams. I mean, it's it's definitely a different caliber of teams that we've been playing. But, you know, it does hurt when we don't have Jazz in there, obviously. Hopefully he does get better so he can play in Saturday's game. Uh, concussions always suck, um, so speedy recovery to him. Uh, it's as well as, you know, we're not uh, – I don't want to keep not keep putting it on this one, but at some point Jordan Jordan Brown needs to have a consistent streak of games. He's having games where he's doing really really well, and then he's having games like he just had this game where, I mean yeah he only got seven minutes of playing time, but he literally didn't produce anything besides three boards. And I mean th- boards do matter a lot and they help out, but you know he's not getting you know offensive boards where he's putting it back. You know he's not getting that down low. Um, those download points that we do need and we um, need to work for our offense. I'm not putting it all on him, but we're also, you know, when it comes to the point where we have uh, jazz out like that, um, obviously Jordan's going to step up and, you know, take those threes like he did. Um, But at the same time, you need to move your game towards the inside if you're not going to have your three-point shooter. And we really didn't have that out of Jordan, who's supposed to be our big guy. He was our biggest recruit coming out. I understand this is his first year playing college ball, but he's having inconsistent games. I'm hoping maybe that once we get to conference play, he'll just eat that up, you know, playing, you know, trash teams like UNLV and the rest of the bunch. But, I, yeah, I don't know. It, that's the thing that worries me is our defense is fantastic and great right now, complete opposite of what we were talking about at the beginning of the season. And it's just our offense is kind of struggling. Um, hopefully we can eventually get that round, get that, get that coming around in the conference play. Yeah, I think Jordan Brown's minutes are definitely going to go up um, once conference play starts. I just think, again, South Dakota State specifically, they kind of traded in defense for offense in that point where they wanted to play Trey Porter instead of Jordan Brown and really shut down Dom, um, and they did a great job. I think this was a, only his second time in his career uh, getting held to five points or under, which is absolutely crazy. I think the other time was his freshman year. Um, so I think our defense is really just stepping up and playing – crazy basketball right now which is uh which is really nice but yeah have not having jazz in there really hurt our offense um we didn't have that three-point presence um we saw an 0 from 0 for 6 from a three-point line outing from Nizre Zuzwa which is something that we just can't have um if teams are just going to let us shoot threes all day we at least need to knock down um more than 10 of them on 39 attempts so 
Um, we definitely need to get our offense figured out. And if our defense keeps bailing us out of games like this, I mean, I'm happy. But um, definitely once it gets into March, we need to figure this out. Yeah, and def- defense will ultimately be what, what wins games. We've seen it. Uh, you look at what happened in the Loyola Chicago game last year. Nevada's defense could not get a stop in that second half. There was a stretch where um, Loyola Chicago had like, I think like 20 straight points in the paint. Now, now you have that uh, perimeter or post defense in Trey Sean and Trey uh, Trey Porter. Trey Porter had a very good game. He was the sole guy to guard Mike Dom for the majority of the game. He played 27 minutes uh, and was really good. He had nine. He had uh, nine rebounds, two uh, two blocks, which are key. Uh, and he showed he, he shut down Mike Dom whenever. He had the ball uh, whenever he had the chance to, and that was something interesting we, we talked about on last week's show coming in coming into how are you going to stop Mike Dom? Before this game, Mike Dom's last two games he scored forty two points and thirty seven, so for him to have a performance like what you mentioned five points one at ten shooting, uh, he scored three points from the free throw line. So Nevada did a very good job attacking him on defense. Uh, he's not the fastest of guys, and he got into foul trouble early. Uh, but listen to what Coach Muss had to say on Trey Porter and that performance he gave out on defense. That is the single best defensive performance that probably Dom has ever faced, and that's a big-time credit to him because at his size to guard somebody who can shoot a three and is really crafty around the rim, I, I don't know if I've seen a better defensive performance. I, I certainly haven't here. That's the best defensive performance on one guy by one individual since I've been coaching here. Now, Kevin, you, you mentioned earlier uh, Jordan Brown. Now, I know you weren't on last week's show, but if you listen to it, we talked about uh, we talked about how Jordan Brown's defense is definitely been improving. You look at the shot blocking. He's had, he had a couple key blocks uh, in the ASU Grand Canyon games. But I also think that he's not getting – he didn't get many minutes this game because of what – what uh, Grand or what South Dakota State was doing on defense? They were playing a sagging, uh, a sagging man, so they were giving Nevada the shot. They knew they somehow knew Jazz Johnson wasn't playing, so they allowed Nevada shooters to take the threes rather than attack in the paint where Nevada is actually good at. Nevada, well, Nevada had three players play for all forty minutes: Trayshawn Thurman, Jordan Caroline, and Caleb Martin, uh, with Cody. Cody playing 29, uh, Trey playing 27, and Nisre Zuzwa was the only bench guy to get above 10 minutes of play. So I do think not having Jazz Johnson hurts, but I do think that this is a team that this will be a very good win come March for the Wolfpack. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think the minutes are something that we've seen in the past and are going to continue to see in the future. Um, Musk has even said he likes that NBA kind of style where – play heavy minutes, and they get a full week break. I mean, that's plenty for these guys. So um, maybe the minutes will go down once we start playing a little bit of easier teams, but I think Muss's philosophy is just getting that win um, no matter what, even if that means playing three guys 40 minutes. Um, and I just think our role players really need to step up and um, produce some produce some points off the bench. I mean, Nisre and uh, Corey are both – two of our um, supposedly like two of our best three-point shooters and when Jazz goes down we need offense from them and that's somewhere something that we definitely did not have against South Dakota State so I think if our offense comes around and our bench starts performing um, and we continue to play this defense I think we're going to be a crazy good team and I don't 
and I think we can hold with the likes of Zaga and Duke if we can if our offense starts coming around and this defense continues to play the way they are. Yeah, no, you you hit on it directly when Musk talks about, you know, he's a NBA mental, like that's how he thinks when he coaches. Obviously, we know his story. He was an NBA coach for a long time. Um, you, you, you hit on it perfectly. We need more from these role players and these bench players coming up. Um, obviously, we have games like you were talking about, Garrett, this past game where it was more offensive heady. We're going to take the shots and whatever, and that's why Jordan is not going to have the game where he's going to have and he's going to get limited minutes. The only reason I'm worried and concerned about this is this season is going to be fantastic. This is the season where we're going to actually do a lot. I'm just I'm thinking in the back of my head is this is those role players and those bench players are supposed to be our team in the coming years in the next year is because we have we're starting basically at this point the twins are gone Jordan's going to be gone so it's a lot of Nizre is going to be left Henson's going to be left and so is Jordan Brown and it's going to be to the point where hopefully during when we get to conference play and they can get some more minutes and they can actually get some more confidence on their belt and more you know experience under the belt they'll be fine for the coming year it's just it's a little concerning you know where this year's going to be so amazing this year's going to be so great but I don't want to be the team that you know has a great year this year and then we come back next year and we're you know, barely competing for the Mountain West title. You know, I don't – I want to see – and I think Musk also wants to see this. He wants to see where we're going to be the dominant force coming out of the Mountain West and we can consistently be ranked in the top 25. Look, looking at next year, that's – yeah, that's something obviously to be concerned about. But Nevada has six players who are redshirting this year, plus plus freshmen coming in, plus transfers. Like Nevada found uh, Trey Porter. He was a graduate transfer from Old Dominion. Came in and is already having an impact on the game. You look at who the grad transfers are. You have Jalen Harris, JoJo Anderson, Lindsey Drew, who who yeah. will provide uh, some senior knowledge. Jalen Townsell, Vincent Lee, and KJ Himes. Vincent Lee, KJ Himes are freshmen who came here, decided uh, to redshirt this year. And looking at what they have, Nevada should be fine. Uh, if Jazz Johnson, he's he's staying. So you still have uh, pr- you still have productions Jordan Brown, but you you obviously you obviously there is concern because Nevada will lose all five of its starters. But I do I don't doubt what Eric Musselman can do. You look at what he did when he turned around a nine win program to winning the CBI in the first first year, then making the tournament, then uh, making it to the Sweet Sixteen. Now the team is ranked sixth in the nation. So I'm not worried about what Eric Musselman can do. Eric Musselman is the king of transfers, so you never know who's who's going to decide to transfer. Uh, former Kentucky player Quade Green is on the market. Maybe, maybe he ends up in a Wolfpack jersey. Maybe I don't know, but I'm I I obviously I see where I see the where you're coming from, but I'm not worried right now. There's still a whole lot of basketball played. They're only they still have 20 plus games left, and who knows how far their run in the tournament can play. Uh, can impact the team. We talked to Jordan Brown at Media Day. He said that Sweet 16 run definitely did help. And that yeah, so that that definitely plays a huge factor of how the team does and can do in recruiting. You want to play for a team that can win, a team that can compete. You don't want to play for like some middle of the road Mountain West team. Yeah, it's true. And uh coming in for the um you know come March, uh there's still a lot of people that haven't even committed yet. So um you know, when it comes March and uh, we do really good in the tournament, I mean, that's that's gaining a lot of attention for 2019 recruits. Um, so I think we have a lot of room to grow. But I think um, definitely touching on 
how this year can go. I think once our offense starts hitting all cylinders, um, we're going to go deep in that tournament, which will ultimately just gain our uh, our school more prestige. And um, I think when time when the time comes, I think people are going to be able to step up. I think Muss has even said about Jalen Harris, he's probably the best scorer here, and he's he hasn't even touched the court yet, which is crazy to think about. So um, I think we're fine in – uh, the years to come, I'm just worried about our offense clicking this year for sure. Yeah, no, and it's, it's, it's probably just how I am. I'm always, you know, expect the worst, hope for the best, you know, type thing. Prepare for the worst, and um, my concern is obviously next year and stuff like that. And if we have games where we have this year, knock on wood, if we have games where we have Jazz Johnson go, and we get into the tournament and he has another concussion or. God forbid, you know, he has a worse injury where he's not going to be back at all, or God forbid, even one of the twins or Caroline. It kind of worries me that we're, maybe we're not going to have guys step up. Obviously, Must has the trust that they're going to step up and that they're going to actually, you know, fill the role. But it's games like this where we don't we don't see much production from Jordan. We don't see much production from Nizre, and it's kind of concerning when if you have that opportunity where they're slagging on us and they give us the open shots and Nizre is supposed to be one of our top shooters three pointer wise, you gotta fill in for Jazz Johnson. You gotta put up those numbers. So and it's obviously it could have been just this one game, but you have to also look at it as you know. Maybe this is going to be a thing. You have to prepare for the worst that's going to happen. I mean, last year we had Lindsey Drew go out late in the season, which unfortunately happened, and we're still without him because he's still battling injuries with that hip now. So it's – I don't know. That's that's just how I'm concerned. Obviously, I don't think in all actuality – I don't think this is going to be a huge issue, but I always like to play devil's advocate a little bit and go, you know, what if this happens? I think the biggest thing about this game showed how, how we'll not – deep like how not as deep as we we thought we were mm-hmm. definitely i think this game showed us that i mean going into the season we were raving about all these transfers and how we got everyone back and our bench is gonna be so deep we're gonna have like a nine-man rotation well i think this game and the games leading up and how Mus has just been playing everyone i think this showed uh we are not as deep as we thought we were for sure so um i think that's a great point to touch on is just how if if one thing or two things did happen, this season could go good for, to bad really quickly because we're not as deep as we thought we were. So I, I think that's a great point. Yeah, and you mentioned rec- yeah you mentioned this team's depth. Like, look, we came into this Washington, we came into the Washington game knowing Muss is gonna figure out his bench. You know he didn't want like a ten man rotation. You know he likes that seven eight man rotation. But obviously, like obviously things are. Uh, Things can get better. Like, a lot of people thought we were going to run that rotation, though. A lot of people thought we were going to go yeah, a lot deep, of, but I think we couldn't now. Look, Nevada has a deep team. They have a team of scorers from everywhere. It's just that it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard, like, when you're coming off the bench and you haven't really found your shot yet this year for you to come in like and, like, just try to, like, People rely on you to get yeah. your get your shot. Like, I agree. That's why, that's why I think we've seen great numbers out of Jazz, like, he he's come in. He's averaging double digit points. He's shooting fifty six percent from three. Like it's not easy coming off the bench and getting production like that. Normally, there's a time like where you need uh, you need to get yourself in the flow of the game, and we that's why I think kind of Howis Cook kind of struggled last year when Lindsey Drew started. Uh, he he didn't put up the best numbers. This is a kid who Howis Cook played at Oregon State, played at Iowa State, played at Nevada. These are three uh, three big time programs. And so uh, he kind of he sort of found his game, especially when Lindsey Drew went down. 
Now, Lindsey Drew's injury, he fully recovered from the, uh, was it the meniscus? Uh, Achilles. Achilles, yeah, the Achilles tear. And then the hip injury, but this just gives gives Lindsey Drew more time, more time to recover. Next year will be his team. Yep. And I I overheard in the media room uh, after the game, before the press conference started, what happened, what would have happened, how different would this team have been if Lindsey was healthy, obviously, first, and what if Josh Hall never transferred? Granted, Musk kept bringing in players, which obviously led to Nevada having way too many roster spots but and Josh Hall having to transfer. But I obviously think Josh Hall would have had an impact, a very good impact on this team, being a good wing defender, being able to put up buckets when needed to. Definitely would have had a bigger impact than Corey or Nies, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, Hallis Cook um... – I think that's a perfect example. It could be like um, a Nisre situation or Corey where right now it doesn't seem like they're producing as much and um, look, it just takes them later in the season to look, kind not, of adjust. Not, every, not everyone's Jamal Crawford and can, and can get buckets off the bench. Right, right. And I and it th- I think that's what's what uh, is making Jazz, what he's doing, um, even more impressive, like you said, coming off the bench and having this production. But um, – I'm not saying that Nisre or Corey or anyone coming off the bench can't have a big game for us or even produce. I just think um, right now we're definitely not seeing it, and it's it's something that I have to get used to and, and kind of adjust to and get used to this team and playing off the bench. Yeah, I think that's the key thing that you and I are discussing right now is the fact that right now, right here and right now, like we talked about in the beginning of the season, we were raving that we have such a deep roster. Mm-hmm. Right now we really don't. And this is the great thing about the conference that we are in. People will criticize us that, you know, we have an easy conference, but let's take that to our advantage. When we go into games where we know we're just going to wipe the floor, and if our defense is good enough and well enough that we can keep the score down, we can have these guys find their shot. They can actually have some wiggle room, get some minutes. They don't necessarily have to put on big numbers because they'll have some help from the Twins and Caroline. It's just the fact that, you know, we need to get them playing time so when it does come to – March and we have to go deep and we ha- we get into those long games where we're playing you know back to back not back to back games but we don't get that a lot of that rest and if we do have guys come down or go out because of injury we can have these guys step up I think that's the biggest thing in this coming month um, when we're gonna have break is we start conference play a little bit and we start playing these a lot of these easy teams that are gonna be easy wins for us is the fact that we can plug in these players that normally don't get the time. You get the Jordan Browns in there, mm-hmm. get him a bunch of minutes, get Nisray a bunch of minutes to figure out his shot, and so on and so forth, and get a lot of these bench guys some time. So they, Like you said, Garrett, so they can find their shot. It's just right now what we're talking about is this game pr- proved exactly that we do not have the depth um, that we should have, like that we talked about in the beginning of the season. It's taken a lot longer than we expected. That's why I'm really glad we got away with a lot of these hard games, the USC, the Arizona State, the Loyola games, and we just, you know, smacked on them a little bit. I mean, obviously, uh, Arizona State, they were out with, without their best player, but still we still smacked on them as it was. Um, so it's 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 great that we have the conference that we do that we can spend the next um, month month and a half uh, figuring out these guys can get their shots down. Look, Nevada Nevada went through a stretch of five games where you more than likely see three of those teams be in the tournament: Loyola, Chicago, yeah. ASU, South Dakota State. But come January first, Nevada Nevada won't go through a stretch like what they have now, mm-hmm. where you have a week. We we have a week to game plan for someone. You have a week to get mentally prepared, and so that I think can ultimately help and hurt uh, hurt players because you look at the way the schedule is lined up. It's I think it's what like Wednesday and Saturday games mm-hmm. in the Mountain West. 
So you have to, you'll have, you'll have a quick turnaround from, uh, oh yeah, we go to Boise State uh, Wednesday, Saturday we're at home to face Utah State. So like you, you got to get that quick turnaround. And so that's something I think that can help, especially if you have a bad performance. You get, you you shake the cobwebs out. You get you realize what you did wrong. Now you got to focus what you got to do right. Or it could definitely like. Uh, it can definitely hurt, like, if maybe, like, you're just in a slump and, like, you keep missing shots, like, two or three games in a row. It can ultimately hurt you rather than having a full week to improve your shot, look at, watch film, watch tape, or, like, what you're doing wrong. But we got to we gotta move forward. Nevada now moved up to sixth in the nation. Uh, they are behind Kansas, Duke, Tennessee, Michigan, and Virginia. Nevada was the only first only team to not receive a uh, uh, a first-place vote in the top six. So kind of interesting to see Gonzaga fell to eight after a loss to North Carolina. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the AP Top 25 this week? Uh, I, th- I think it was good. I think I think our ranking was right on. Um, I like moving up. I think uh, Zaga dropping was um, – it definitely made sense. Uh, losing two games, you can't, re- you can't really stay um, higher than a team who's, you know – undefeated consistently beating um decent teams so um i don't see us moving up this week uh it'd it'd be it'd be hard it would take a like a i don't know like a tennessee or someone losing which which doesn't look like it'd have to be either probably tennessee or duke like you got both those teams with one losses i i don't see I can't see it like a one-loss Michigan team who already has right. eleven wins. No, I yeah. can't either. And it have to, and their loss would have to be to a team that's not that good, um, or yeah, or a blowout, like, right? Or they get right. like killed by like a good team, right? And because the caliber of teams that we're talking about now in the top five is is really hard to jump these these really really good teams. These are teams that are competing for not only their regular season title in their conference, but these are teams that are fighting for a Final Four yeah. spot. These these teams that we are in um, in contention with. So it's going to be hard to continue to jump these teams, but um, I think 6-5 range is going to be where we're going to be sitting. Um, and I don't. I think it's, I think it's good, um, but I just don't see us jumping this week. Yeah, I, I got to agree. I think, I think respectfully we should be at six um i don't see us uh, when this poll came out i was not surprised i didn't see us getting to five i thought we were going to go up to six i didn't think gonzaga was going to drop that hard um they got, they got two losses sure I, I know it's two losses but at the same time you know they're playing pretty decent teams they're Very not getting team. blown out to um loser teams and just losing it um so i don't think you know they should have dropped that much i maybe put them above auburn um, just for the fact that you know who Gonzaga has been playing, not not dissing Auburn that effect. Um, I knew we were going to be at like six. Uh, I would have been totally shocked if we got to five. Um, when it comes to the rest of them, uh, I'm a little surprised Michigan and Virginia aren't a little bit higher. I'd honestly put Michigan and Virginia probably above Tennessee a little uh, bit, just because Tennessee does have that loss, and it's hard to even though the Tennessee loss was to oh God, I can't even remember. It was, who to, it was. It was the it was to the number one team. It, in the I know nation, it was. I, I know it was to Kansas by six okay. points. Okay, it was to Kansas. Still, it's the fact that Virginia is playing a massive amount of high caliber teams. Um, in my opinion, I think I'm not saying they should be number one. I'm completely fine who is number one, but I'd honestly 
put Tennessee at a four and maybe jump Michigan up to a three just for the fact of that. Um, but when it comes to us for the rest of the season, I don't see us jumping higher than fifth. Um, there'd have to be a lot to happen. You'd yeah. have to see Michigan and Virginia both losing. Um, you'd see Tennessee getting that second loss. I don't see Duke uh, getting that second loss. Kansas may get a loss just because that's just the luck of being number one and it's hard going undefeated. Um, so we may jump up to five. Um, I think at the end of the season we'll be a five or a six, which I think is a good placement for us, especially when it comes to the tournament and how they're going to seed us. Um, I think it was Andy Kratz that did the way too early bracketology about a week or two ago. He had us at being a you know a two or a three seed in the tournament, which I think is perfect and prime spotting for us. I think um, we can sneak out where he had us. We could definitely sneak out to the lead eight before we actually face someone that's you know could probably take us down. Um, a high caliber, you know, another two seed or a one seed. Um, but uh, yeah, I got, yeah, I, I got to agree with you, Austin, that we'll probably maybe jump up to five, but that's probably about it. Look, looking at the top 10, you have uh, one team in the Big 12, three teams in the ACC. You have two teams in the SEC and two teams in the uh, in the Big 10. So these these teams above Nevada will suffer losses no, yeah, in these, conference these plays. Guys are gonna lock and that's up. something oh, Nevada and Gonzaga have in yeah, common. They're They're... They're not conference. Their conference play is really easy. Yeah, it's weak. Yeah. Compared to these other teams, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. These teams Duke, are going to have to face North losses. Carolina, Virginia, yep. uh, NC State's always a tough matchup. Syracuse, you, you always have these teams that's that give these uh, that go to Cameron Indoor, go to uh, Dean Smith Court, yeah. and give these teams all they can. And so I think it will be interesting to see how if Nevada keeps its current pace how they'll fluctuate in rating based on how the SEC, ACC, Big Ten all so do tough. on all do in their conference play. And I do think Nevada has a chance to get a uh, jump because Virginia has played yeah. – Virginia has not played the greatest of teams. They've played only two, two top 20 teams. They haven't played any top 20 teams. They've played 23 and 24. Sure, Nevada's only played Arizona State, but they're now 18th in the nation. Right, and that's what that's what I think too is come conference play and um, knock on wood we continue we are project we play like we're projected and win maybe if not every single one of our games in conference lose maybe one or two um, that's what I'm and and if people um, people can't get mad at the rate the rankings having like a Duke or a Michigan or a Virginia above us when they have three four losses. Because the the caliber of teams that these guys are playing is just so much yeah. greater than what we are. It, I don't think people can fathom the idea of just how much better these teams truly are because of upsets and what happens every year, blah, blah, blah. But these guys are truly um, another tier above than the teams that we're going to be playing. So we can't get mad when we're undefeated, you know, going 20-0 and here, and we're still sitting five because of just the caliber that these teams play. It's uh, truly, truly different from the Mountain West. No, and I think that's the thing that's going to end up, yeah, that we kind of luck out and we'll probably possibly, knock on wood, go undefeated in this season because our conference is so trash. But when they look at the rankings of this, when we actually vote, we always get screwed with that because we're not playing high caliber of teams. I think our biggest chance to jump in high to maybe a three seat or to the third ranking was the non-conference play when we played Arizona State, we played USC and stuff like that. And if we maybe lucked out and had more of the top teams, maybe Kansas had a loss before now. I think that was our biggest shot to maybe get to a third. That's why I'm saying at the end of the season we'll probably end up staying at a five. Mm-hmm. Like you said in the conference play, they'll probably have end up losing a couple of games because between the 
top five teams because just who they're playing. It's just the fact that when they actually go down and vote us, they're going to look at our non-conference play, and they're going to be like, you're playing nobody. Yeah, you're undefeated. Right. Like you were saying, we can't really get upset. We're lucky we're at this spot as it is. I agree. Um, I just don't – I don't reasonably see us jumping higher than fifth. If we – God forbid we luck out with fourth. Um, say all these teams get a major loss and we just keep going undefeated and we sneak with a four. I will be grateful, but I think we'll end up at a five at the end of the season. Look, adding adding some final notes. Look, Nevada. It doesn't help that Nevada's non-conference schedule is not great. Doesn't help that the conference schedule is awful and the teams are suffering right. bad losses. It also doesn't help that teams Nevada thought were going to be really good. Haven't yeah, really turned out to be. Loyola Chicago struggled this year. USC struggled this year. Mm-hmm. We thought ASU might be a little bit better. Sandy, uh, South Dakota State even. South Dakota They're not doing as good as we projected them. Yeah, be. they'll still make the tournament. But yeah, like, right. Look, we we got we to move uh, forward uh, to this week's game against the Akron Zips. Nevada, the uh, sixth-ranked Wolfpack, coming in 11-0. Akron comes into this game 6-4. and four. Uh, currently sitting fourth in the MAC East, uh, with losses to Clemson, Illinois State, and Purdue, Fort Wayne, Marshall. Uh, yeah, and this is a team that's middle of the road MAC. They're not going to make the tournament. They're okay. They're a decent team, but I do think this is a, this is a game where Nevada truly shows has to show their dominance. We thought that was going to be this game uh, against uh, South Dakota State. We thought it was going to be Grand Canyon. They haven't. Other than maybe what they did in Vegas, we really haven't seen them show their dominance for a full 40 minutes a game. Imagine what Nevada can do if they take the first 10 minutes of the second half and play that effort for a full 40 minutes. Right. I think um, Akron's a different type of team than what we're going to be seeing against GCU and uh, South Dakota State. Granted, the, the, those teams aren't even very... Um, those teams aren't great, but I think Akron is just um, not that good, and um, I completely agree. We we need our offense to show up, and we need to show everyone what we can do against a team like this. Um, our offense needs to be clicking, and our defense needs to perform like they have been. Um, hopefully Jazz is back. I think he will be. Um, that will help out a lot with our offense, but I think this is the type of game to really show our dominance, like you said, and um, really – really perform and on both ends of the court not just our defense no this is definitely a game where the offense needs to step up um i mean you look at you look at the games akron's played they played some decent teams i mean you give it to clemson and marshall they're middle of the road as well they're not playing you know really really trash teams like we're gonna play in the mountain west um but i don't think you you look at those scores and they did keep them i think they only had three games where the opponent scored 70 points um, but you can't just look at that based off. You have to look at these teams are middle of the road. I don't think we should be playing this team like we just played South Dakota State, where it's we have to be defensive minded. Uh, the fact that um, not worry about the offense because they're not letting a lot of people score against them. This is the this is the time and this is the game where Must needs to sit down with these guys and they all need to sit down and be like, we are better than them. We are more talented than them. We are more physical than them. We can outshoot them. This is the time where we need to get back to scoring at least 80 or 90 and just whoop on these guys. This is the time where we need to stop squeaking out wins. I know uh, San Diego, or not San Diego State, South Dakota State was you know a decent team and they're going to make the tournament. It's just the fact that we're six in the nation. 
we need to start playing like we're sixth in the nation and start smacking up on these teams yep. and putting up those double-digit wins like we did in the beginning of the season. And I think this is the game where we can definitely do it, and we could definitely go into these last few games before we go into conference play and just go, you know, what's up? We're going to take the title, just hand it to us now, let's just go. Look, unlike South Dakota State, Akron's only two best players average 29 points a game. Uh, but be- between the two of them, rather than where face uh, Dom and Jenkins where they add 50 you really, you knew you had to guard these two guys uh, coming into this game. But I do think Nevada's going to lighten up on defense. It's going to shift its focus to offense because the offense has been struggling. Yeah, you mentioned the last five games, they haven't scored above 80 points. Granted, their defense has been stellar, but I want to see a game where they can score a lot and keep them under 70 points. That'd be great. Uh, player obviously need needing to improve. Caleb Martin, he's sure his numbers are fine. His efficiency is not. Listen to what he said post game. I got to be way more productive, way more efficient. I just I suck. I suck right now. I suck, suck, suck. So I got to get a lot better myself too. I just uh, guess it was a little bit better today, but um, man, I still got to get a lot better. Me personally, I got that's a lot on me. But also another another thing I do think is last, against South Dakota State, this was the first home game in what feels like a month. Uh, we had 11,257 people, which turns out to be the 10th largest crowd in Lawler Event Center history. We need a lot. Of, we need the people there, although students, it is the first game since school is officially out. So I don't know how that's going to affect. I think we might see more families there. We might see more people there. But I do expect Lawler to be rowdy. Uh, Trey Porter uh, said that uh, Nevada has one of the best student sections in the nation. And I think that's fully true. If uh, if we had a game in a professional arena and we're allowed to bring seven thousand plus people, we could have an impact like what Grand Canyon had. Uh, but I do th- I do think this game, Nevada Nevada shouldn't look overlook its opponent. This you can classify this as a trap game. Their next game is at Utah, uh, a Pac-12 team that we thought might be difficult at the beginning of the year. They're not they're not having the greatest of years. But I do think Nevada has to focus on this opponent. You can't overlook them. Yeah. I think I think trap game is perfect because um, how we can just kind of hit this lull in between this game and uh, Utah, but um, I think we'll have no problems. I project us winning by like fifteen, you know, sixteen, and um, I say our offense hits on all cylinders and our defense continues to perform. Um, but I I'm excited to see an all around performance, not just on the defensive end, and I say around fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, I got to agree. 15, 16, somewhere around there. Um, hopefully about 20. Um, if we could do that, that'd be fantastic. And I can easily see this. This is a game where I think they're going to have a lot of fun when it comes to offensive uh, offensive play. We're going to see a lot of, you know, the alley-oops that we're seeing against USC and Arizona State. Um, and, I mean, those were against a pretty difficult team. So we're going to have fun like that. Lawler, I think we're going to see the same amount of the general mission. I think we're going to sell out again like we did um, – this past game against South Dakota State. Um, when it comes to student attendance, I think it may dip down a little bit um, just because, obviously, at that point, the dorms have closed. A lot of the freshmen aren't going to go. But I think it's a lot of the older um, students and the upperclassmen that are going to these games and waiting in these lines to get to these games. So I don't think it's going to be dipping that much. We'll have to see when it gets deeper into winter break, especially when we come back and we play uh, January 2nd against Utah. So we'll have to see against that, but I think I think it'll dip a little bit. I could uh, probably around, probably nine nine thousand. I'd say. 
that's a that's a fair assessment. I think Nevada did a very good job scheduling their non their conference schedule so that they don't play any any of their big foes um, while students are while students are not there. Sure, Utah State is uh, their first uh, Mountain West game of the year, but no one thought Utah State was going to be good this year. Uh, but we just want to say. Um, Wrapping, wrapping up with basketball, we just want to say, if you have any unused tickets and you can't make it, make sure to give them out. Reach out. You can find people on Twitter. Nevada Wolfpack Twitter is always willing to find someone to get tickets to pack Lawler because we all we all know that Lawler is loud, especially when uh, you see an electrifying dunk or an electrifying block. Uh, it's an atmosphere that I haven't seen in some time, like anything that I've seen in my life. Yeah, I think we got a glimpse of what Lawler could be when – um, Jordan hit that dunk at the very end yeah. of the game. I mean, I think that entire game, we didn't really, like, yell or scream or Lawler, Lawler didn't really get loud until that dunk, and that was with, like, what, 45 seconds left in the Some, game? Yeah, or, something you like know that. What I mean? Yeah, so, to put the game away. Right. I think that was just attributed to how we were playing. Um, Our threes just kept missing, so it wasn't – we weren't – as a crowd, we weren't able to get into the game like mm-hmm. we usually are. But yeah, when it's um when it's rocking and when it's when we're playing good and fun, um I mean I just it just takes me back to when Cam Oliver was here yep. and he would throw down those dunks and Lawler. Granted, we didn't have the size we did now, but Lawler would just go crazy and um I think that's something we'll see against like a team against like San Diego State, definitely against Nevada Southern. We'll see um Lawler. I think ga- those games are already sold out, so we'll we'll see Lawler yeah. jumping. Uh, I think it was Boise, San Diego, and uh, Nevada Southern yeah. are already sold out with a couple other games being really close. The lowest game is San Jose State, and that's 81% sold out. Yeah. So if, these- if we can get San Jose State sold out, I- I'll be impressed. All these games, I mean, even though we're playing trash teams, it's just the hype that we have as this team. I mean, again, we're six in the nation. Yeah. It's unbelievable to think. Sometimes no, I, I agree with you. It, yeah. it's sometimes I'm just walking around campus and I'm 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 on Twitter and I see something. You know, um, the must bus retweets something about us being six, and I just stop for a second. I'm like. I go to the school yeah. where it's six in the nation right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's yeah. completely crazy. None, none of us thought. Yeah, none of us thought that a, t- a good old Nevada is a team sixth in the nation. Like, oh yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's crazy to think, and and I think this is another thing as you said earlier when Trey was saying that we have one of the best student sections, and I don't think he's exaggerating. It's an unbelievable in there. I mean, we've got the student section right down there, right there with the must bus. Everyone's totally getting Loud, into this. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing cardboard cutouts of the must bus, you know, on the way out. I remember last game was you know the Christmas sweater. I mean, there was one dude dressed up as Buddy the Elf down there. Yep. Um, I know that guy. He's a funny guy, but it's just it's that type of atmosphere we have nights like that and just like when we were starting off the season we had the throwback night where you know Mus and the entire staff were dressing up it's it's a fun atmosphere this team has so much character Mus has so much character and these fans have so much character and Lawler is definitely bursting at the seams right now look all right we're wrapping up this segment but good for Kevin for knowing someone uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, we hope to see, we hope to see you guys out there uh, Saturday uh, uh, against Akron, and uh, we're gonna take a quick break and jump into some other athletic news.
We are back from break. Thank you guys for supporting us uh, on our journey through what it's been like. Feels like two and a half years of Pack Center, growing it from a little little podcast to now multimedia platform. We recently celebrated the one year anniversary of our documentary, which was recently announced that it was uh, going to be a part of a documentary uh, film festival. I mean, it is a part of the. Uh, it's a part of the Big Shoulders International Film Competition, so we will have a representative out there to see how that does then. Uh, the film festival is in Chicago, and we we can't thank you guys enough for all the support. Um, whether yeah, on the whether it's the videos, the podcast, thank you guys. Uh, but we but moving on to some, I wouldn't say positive notes, but uh, Nevada Nevada we talked about it earlier with football transfers. Nephi Sewell and McLean Maddox were the two big names to transfer. We still don't know where McLean is transferring, but Nephi Sewell has announced that he will be uh, taking uh, his talents to Provo, Utah, to play for uh, BYU. There was a lot of speculation with him uh, about going close to home. Uh, that's something I know in the Twitter like really engaged in. Uh, Provo is closer to uh, Orem, Utah than Reno, same state. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to go play for Oregon, where his brother uh, uh, is the left tackle there. But Nevada, but he did go to play uh, for the, the Cougars at BYU. What are your thoughts on the move? I think I speak for everyone. We wish him the best. You know, um, hopefully he has a lot of success. Um, it, but it is it is sad to see someone leave the pack, especially with so much um, talent and so much promise. I think he was a, a really good. A young defensive back who could have helped our team definitely next year um, have a really good defense and um, it sucks to see him leave but um, the move did surprise me I was um, um, I was among uh, the few that thought he was going to Oregon so the move to BYU surprised me um, but yeah I just wish him the luck and hopefully he has a lot of success there yeah it's sad to see especially a young guy go um, we've talked especially in our previous shows when we talked about football is we're a little intrigued next year because we have a lot of people graduating, a lot of seniors graduating, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So seeing another um, young guy leave, uh, it's kind of sad. Um, you said it best, Austin. We do wish him all the luck in the world. Um, at the end of the day, this was you know a very personal decision. It wasn't a spite against um, Nevada at all. It was just he wants to go closer to home. Um, I know how – I. It's it sucks playing a lot far from home, especially if it's a different state. Uh, Utah to him is more comfortable, more home to him. Even though you know his brother is playing at Oregon State, um, definitely his parents can come see him play all the time. Um, but yeah, it just it sucks to see. Um, we're it's just gonna be really interesting to see what we're gonna do next year, especially when it comes to football and trying to get guys to come here. Uh, I don't think we'll have a problem getting guys to come here, but like good guys and decent guys like he was um we'll have to see where Mannix goes as well that's gonna that's gonna suck to see him leave as well um but yeah all the luck to the world to you man if you're listening if you are listening thanks for listening to pack center um but yeah good luck at BYU dude look uh Nephi Sewell had a very big impact on this team he was uh he was someone that we looked forward to he was only a sophomore uh he he was gonna play alongside his brother um, Gabe, but look, he, he obviously you can't control why someone transfers. I uh, obviously probably want to be closer to home. Uh, look, I we it's gonna be hard for him. It's gonna be hard for us to fill his void. He was a very up and coming safety. He was a starter on this team as a sophomore. 
in a, in a very in a very veteran group of uh, defensive backs. So it'll be very interesting to see what Jeff Castillo, uh, how they prepare for the bowl game without him in Mannix. Uh, but I have all the faith in uh, Jeff Castillo. Uh, if you listen, if you listen to our interview with Aaron Norvell, he said that uh, he likes what what Jeff Castillo is doing, and I, I agree. Like Nevada's Nevada's defense has statistically been better than the offense this year, and I I have faith that Castillo can uh, can figure out what to do and be able to start stop Arkansas State. Uh, in the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl, you still have quite a while to that. Uh, this episode airs on the 19th, which means you still have 10 more days to watch college football. But Nevada, but the Mountain West has gotten off to a good start in football. Uh, Arizona State lost to Fresno State in the Vegas Bowl, and Utah State won the New Mexico Bowl. So glad to see, uh, good to see the rest of the conference is doing well in football, unlike basketball. Yeah, I think I think uh, our conference is way stronger in uh, football. I mean, we saw that with Fresno State. That was uh, definitely a powerhouse team. Boise State as well. Yeah, but yeah, Boise State. Utah uh, State. Yeah, they were they were all very good teams. Uh, Fresno finished in the top twenty-five. I believe Boise is uh, ranked right now. Have they? I don't believe they played their bowl game yet. Um, but these are these are good, really good teams. Um, I'm more like touching on um, Sewell leaving. I think that's just giving us opportunity f- to um, recruit for our defense. I think. It's kind of our defense was like you said the strong point this year, so I'm interested to see how um, we come back next year and recruit and get young guys that can take um, his place. So um, I'm just interested to see if our defense performs like they did this year and really steps up, um, even with transfers and people graduating and uh, all that kind of good jazz. But I'm just um, interested to see how our recruiting comes from this uh, transfer. Yeah, it's really good to see the conference um, being successful. Um, when the conference does well, we get more exposure as well. Um, our conference kind of gets looked over a lot, unless it's Boise, especially in football. Um, so seeing the rest do really well, Fresno State doing really well, that's always nice to see. Um, I'm always glad to see these teams. Yeah, we talk a lot of smack on the show, and we talk a lot of smack during the regular season, but if they get the win and the Mountain West looks good, that's all fine and dandy i'm happy for it as long as it's not you know v winning a bowl but they're never going to make a bowl anyway so who cares but it's the fact of you know we're glad to see the conference doing well um it'll make us better when we play them on a consistent basis if they're doing well um it'll make us prepare more um and obviously it'll hopefully in the future if this conference does um continue the way it does maybe not be a powerhouse but you know be you know a medium you know uh medium skill level conference we can get more transfers coming in because they'll want to play these big teams so all good to see these teams doing really well like you said austin like i was saying you know it's interesting to see what the defense is doing um but yeah it's good to see mountain west um actually uh proving itself all right wrapping up today's show with one final news announcement is that nevada athletics has canned uh men's rifle and has added men's cross country this is a shocking move because men's rifle is actually good. Uh, to not a lot of people's knowledge, rifle team is ranked in the top 25 in the nation. Something I did not know. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you where they play, where they if they have a home meet. I can't tell you where, but I just know they're good. Uh, so this is this came over the weekend. It was really interesting news. Um, 
it's kind of shocking almost. Like, I didn't think Nevada would can a rifle team. That was actually really good. How this uh, came out last weekend, um, I'm sure we could have gotten Doug Newth on to talk about the move, but you'll have to wait to hear that interview until we come back after the new year. But what are your guys' thoughts on um, the move athletically? The, it won't take effect until uh, the 2019 season. It was definitely kind of interesting. Um, I didn't know much about rifling. I knew we were pretty decent in it. I didn't know that we were top 25 in the nation. I don't think a lot of people on this campus did unless you're actually on the team. Um, or you work for Pack Center. Or you work for Pack Center and your name's Garrett Hershberg, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yep. Um, it was it was definitely interesting. Um, hopefully cross country can be to the extent that um, rifling is. I know – in the state itself, um, we have a lot of good cross-country runners, uh, especially men's cross-country runners. Um, growing up in southern Nevada, Vegas has very, very strong teams. I know a lot of schools in the rural areas, that's a big one for them is cross-country because, you know, it's a lot of the terrain that they run on. It's wide open as it is. They're not running through city streets. They're actually running in the desert and running in hills. Um, maybe that was the mentality behind the move is just – at maybe they can get a more local-based uh, students to come here and get scholarships that way. I don't really understand the move. Um, obviously, that was up to the athletic director and President Mark Johnson. Um, we're not exactly sure what goes through their heads sometimes, but you know, we just smile, nod, and hope for the best. Yeah, I think uh, ultimately it comes down to what uh, gets the most money and what makes the revenue, what helps the school out the best. So they um, they obviously took all that consideration in. Honestly, the change for me, or I would say the majority of the uh, student body, is we won't really notice any change, but um, it is interesting to look at. I think um, D uh, Doug Keith is really looking for uh, – Newth. sorry. And uh, I think he's really um, just looking for the money side of it and, like, the business aspect and whatever uh, makes most sense for the school, really. And with that being said, we are wrapping up today's show. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next year.